Hey guys, we are Emma and Jessica and welcome to our podcast, the MSR Files and X-Files podcast. In this episode, we were a ghost in the machine. We'll go through it scene by scene and discuss while interjecting with our own thoughts. Hope you enjoy. So Ghost in the Machine, directed by Gerald Friedman and written by Alex Ganda and Howard Gordon. So we open up with a super saying UNESCO World Headquarters, Crystal City, Virginia. And if you want your city to be a stripper, <laughs> name it Crystal. <laughs> yeah. So we see two men arguing in an office about stocks or money or some shit. <laughs> so pretty, much, pretty much. I can't be bothered going into massive detail about what they were arguing about. And then there's a guy called Brad, and he's dressed kind of like Steve Jobs, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what they're going for. Really, like, I can't hair. think what... Who's the Microsoft guy? Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Yeah. I don't think he dresses like that at all, does he? It looks so. more like a Steve Jobs thing, even yeah. though it's Microsoft they reference later on. But yeah, Brad, he's like dressed very casually and looks like a techie guy, if that's what you call him. <laughs> yeah. Call that, yeah. Yeah. He's raging. Yeah, he's raging. He looks like a dork. He's got glasses and everything. Apparently Bambi thinks he's hot, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other man like, looks very professional, dressed in a suit. Looks like a business executive. And Brad is saying that Benjamin Drake, the dude in the suit, has ruined his company. And then Drake says that it isn't his company. And then basically Brad storms out. Brad storms out and then we see Drake typing like a memo I'm guessing it is about Brad leaving the company and basically blaming Brad for like the company's losses and profit. And then as he's doing this we see the central operating system reading what he's typed. I think it's reading it aloud isn't it? I think so. Or is it just that no, camera? He's, uh, shows, he's so, yeah. reading it aloud because he's recording it as well. Yeah. See the operating Yeah so the central operating system's like stalking him watching what he's doing and then after this Drake goes to the no he's walking to go out isn't he I wrote this in my notes but he's walking to go out here's the water running yeah so then he goes into the bathroom and like the the sink's flooded so he pulls the plug out and like stops the water and then as he's doing this the phone rings so he answers the phone and then there's this creepy automated voice that tells him the time is 7 35 p.m he hangs up and then like suddenly the door closes and the lights go out so he tries to open the door with like a key card, like he's swiping it, and it doesn't work. So then he finally pulls out like a physical metal key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you go. yeah, just a key. And I was gonna say skeleton key because it looks very weird. It does, yeah. Yeah, but it I don't know. I one. don't know what a skeleton key is. I hear I hear people talking about it a lot. Is that not just like a master key? Oh, is it really? It just opens it all. Oh, the should have known that by now. So yeah, he goes to open it with a normal key, and then he's like electrocuted and yeeted across the room. <laughs> Uh, much. <laughs> and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> he is. I've actually went faster than the scene for one. There we go. Bam. And so then a camera zooms in on Drake's lifeless body, and then we cut to the central operating system, and a weird robot voice says, "File deleted." And then we get the opening credit, and then we get the super saying, "FBI headquarters, Washington D.C." And then we see a wee dweeb <laughs> the FBI offices. What's that called? The Hoover Building. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we see this wee dweeb walking through the offices. <laughs> and he steals like a sweet or a bit of candy, I guess, yeah, yeah. from a pumpkin. So it must be around Halloween time. Halloween. But we never get a proper it's... Halloween themed episode. It oh, yeah. pisses me off. Like I know every time. I know every Halloween like episode's kinda Halloween y, but mm-hmm. still. Oh yeah. So then Jerry spots Mulder and Scully at a food cart. 
and it's literally the lamest food cart ever. It's literally it like sandwiches it's weird, on yeah. plates wrapped in cling film. Like yeah. it's ours. What do they call that? Do they call it cling film? Yeah. Oh, we call it cellophane. They call it cling film. They call it plastic wrap. Plastic. And he hugs Mulder, and it, Mulder looks really like, genuinely happy to it see him. It's so it's, cute. It's yeah. nice to see him with like a coworker who's not like just. Yeah, exactly. And Mulder introduces Jerry and says that like they used to work together in violent crimes. And then Jerry's kind of offended. He's like, "Work together, like we were partners." And then Scully and Mulder like exchange a strange look. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. So then Jerry offers to buy Mulder and Scully lunch, and Scully, like the ind- independent woman she is, refuses. Mm-hmm. But Jerry won't take no for an answer. And then Mulder kind of looks at her as if to say, "Just let him." Be. <laughs> So then we go to the basement office and Jerry is telling Mulder and Scully about the murder that we saw on Cold Open and Scully asks if it could have been an accident and Jerry says it looks like it's an elaborate booby trap and he also says that they don't know a whole lot as the body was just found 12 hours ago by the building engineer. Scully asks who's running the investigation and Jerry asks if she knows Nancy Spiller and Scully replies with a grin on her face the forensics instructor at the academy and turns to Mulder and says we used to call her the Iron Maiden and like she thinks this is hilarious yeah, and it's really not <laughs> and yeah no and then Jerry says that Nancy Spiller is putting together the squad and he took the liberty of mentioning Mulder's name and then Mulder says that he'd love to help but they're not on a general assignment and then Jerry asks if it's because of the X-Files and he's kind of like smug about it like laughing mockingly mm. and I'm like Jerry he was excited to see you don't yeah, be a dick Tom so Jerry says that he could really use Mulder's help and explains that Drake wasn't just the CEO of did I say that right CEO of a fortune 500 mm-hmm. company he was the attorney general's good friend and Jerry could really use a feather in his cap because the one he's got right now is looking a little manky so then we cut to outside the Uresco building and get the super saiyan Uresco world headquarters we see Scully and Mulder walking into the HQ and Scully asks Mulder why him and Jerry went their separate ways and Mulder says because I'm a pain in the ass to work with and Scully tells him to be serious and then Mulder replies I'm not a pain in the ass so basically it was always an elaborate plan to get her to say yeah. you're not a pain in the ass yeah that's all it was yeah and then he goes on to say that him and Jerry had different career goals that Jerry wanted the fifth floor it's all he says yeah Jerry wanted the fifth floor or fifth floor office that's all my notes say who cares <laughs> So, yeah, quest- Scully questions what Mulder wanted and he says he was gunning for a basement office with no heat and no windows. <laughs> As they enter Eurisco HQ, we see a camera focus on them. Scully says she knows how Mulder ended up, but what about Jerry? Mulder says that Jerry ran into a bit of bad luck in Atlanta whilst working a hate crimes. Working a hate crimes? No, working hate crimes. Yeah. Just reminds me of the office when Michael's like, I'd like to report a hate crime. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Yeah. <laughs> I like, Michael, that's not a hate crime. I hated it. <laughs> He explains that Jerry lost a piece of evidence and by the time they got it back, a federal judge had lost his both his hands and his right eye. See, I didn't even write that down, but I remembered it was the right eye. They get into just FYI, me and Emma recording together <laughs> in person for the first time. <laughs> so then they get into a lift and let's pause to appreciate the... We've literally paused on this scene as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so appreciate the blooper, which we'll come blooper. to when we get into our tweets from listeners. <laughs> that's all yeah. anyone wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah. It had to be men. So they get into a lift and Scully checks if it's floor 29 and for Scully the floor. And Mulder says in that really cute way. She's like, is it floor 29? And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's very married behaviour. And then I've wrote, of course Scully had to select the floor because Mulder immediately went to the back wall and leant against it like a whore. <laughs> yep, that, yep. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, and then <laughs> a voice says going up and Scully says, must be for the visually impaired. And then Mulder rebuffs. How do you like that? A politically correct elevator. And then I vote, it's not politically correct, Mulder. It's just nice. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm saying that, imagine the... Remember that interview you told me to watch with the, like she's in the red blouse? Right? 
Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And she was saying how she was being codependent, helping the guy with the maggot, and that was going into his eye. And Tame was like, that's not codependent. That's just, that's just nice. <laughs> so when I was writing that, I was like, that's not what I meant. So then they're going up and it's telling them each floor they're on. And then the, the elevator abruptly stops around the fourth floor and Mulder barely moves. But Scully is somehow like violently thrown yeah. <laughs> exactly. to the floor. <laughs> yeah, so Scully's thrown to the floor and then... <laughs> <laughs> and I just like slapped my keyboard yeah, and then and Mulder asks if she's alright and like immediately goes to like help her up yeah. and like they're, he holds on to her as let's play this little scene yeah I can't confirm there is a keyboard smash yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the screen <laughs> there goes he's like thrown so then Mulder tries randomly pressing buttons but quickly gives up <laughs> yeah and then Scully notices an emergency phone because <laughs> it's at eye level yeah. right? <laughs> for anyone that's not watched the episode well it's like right near the floor yeah <laughs> That's why that's funny. It's never good to explain your jokes. Um, <laughs> anyway, she calls for help and then the elevator starts moving again. So she tells the security that everything's okay. Yeah, this is our thing. And so I said, like, we zoom in on our camera that's watching them. And then we see, like, a CCTV screen of them in the elevator. And then Scully shud- shudders. Like, as she's yeah. probably thinking about like, the whole elevator thing. And then Mulder touches her elbow. And, like, you can't hear it, but he's, like, obviously asking her if she's okay. Yeah. So then we see Scully and Mulder being shown around the crime scene. And they're told that the servo, whatever that is, has been tampered with so that when Drake inserted his key, it completed the circuit and electrocuted him. Jerry points out that the key has been melted into the lock and it would have taken a lot of juice to do that. And like Scully agrees, like it must have been a lot of juice to have then thrown a hundred and eighty pound man ten feet across the room. It's not ten feet. Yeah. Between like the door and yeah, yeah. It's like five feet. Yeah. The air is gonna be kinda of appropriate there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really cool shot of the three of them in like in the broken mirror. Yeah, really yeah. good framing. Cool shot. And then Mulder asked Jerry if the servo switch could have been moved manually, and Jerry tells him that no prints were found near it. Then Peterson, who's the building systems engineer, walks in and says it could have been done manually, but whoever did it would have had to override the COS. Mulder questions what the COS is, and Piers explains that it's a central operating system and that it regulates everything in the building from the energy output to the volume of water in each toilet flush. Jerry introduces Claude Pearson and explains that he found Drake's body. Mulder asks how easy it would have been to override the system, and Pearson explains that you'd first have to break the access codes, which wouldn't be easy. Mulder asks for a list of people with the know-how to do them. We then zoom in on another camera watching them, and then go to the CCTV footage of the four of them and a hysterical outline of... Oh yeah! Yeah, that's... <laughs> Like the chocolate outline of yeah. Drake's body. He's like on the floor there. Pearson tells Mulder that it'll be a pretty short list. Mulder asks Pearson if he himself would be on that list. And Pearson gets defensive and says that he's just a glorified building super. He just monitors the system and makes sure it all works properly. Like on the yeah, like on the night that Drake died. Mulder asks if the yeah. COS monitors all phone calls. Pearson confirms that it does and asks if he can go now. And he's acting all sus all yeah, of a sudden because yeah. he like had the finger pointing on. So then Jenny asks why Mulder asked about asked Pearson about the phone lines and Mulder points out that the phone is off the hook and then like he nudges it back in place because it's literally like an inch out of place. Mm, he knows yeah, that and like yeah. he notices that. Good investigator. Yeah, he's got a good eye. Hi, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's off the hook and then like he nudges it back in place and then what Mr. Inappropriate then says that <laughs> perhaps Drake was on the phone before he did his Ben Franklin impersonation. <laughs> Jerry turns to Scully and says, taught him everything he knows and then when Jerry leaves, Mulder does a fake enthusiastic nod towards Scully <laughs> and then puts his hands on Sips like the whore he is. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he looks fine as fuck in he capitals. 
is a bit honest. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the FBI again. The super says FBI headquarters, Washington, D.C. We cut down to the basement office where we hear someone rustling around and then there's a knock at the door. Mulder says, come in. And Scully enters the office and says it's past three. Mulder is bent over a desk <laughs> and he is double cheeked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got paused on yeah. it. <laughs> the perfect pause for you again. So he's like bent over, not bent over. He's like leaning over. <laughs> <laughs> he's leaning over the desk, <laughs> rustling around like in all like the stacks of paper. And he tells Scully that he's just looking for his profile notes. And Scully smirks and suggests that maybe if he could tidy his desk more than once a year. Mulder says that they were right there and continues to look, but Scully tells him to get a move on because they're late. Mulder turns to look at his chair. I mean, the chair's off shot, but that's what he's looking at. Yeah, so it turns like to where his chair would be, I assume, like I said, it's off screen, and then turns to face Scully, who's holding his jacket for him at the door. Very mad behaviour again. It is, yeah. Like, he's looking for something, and she knows exactly what it is. Yep. And then as they leave, and he takes his jacket from Scully, she looks up at him, and Dorian, let's put this. Let's look at this. Look at this. He's not looking very well either. He's like looking like a man looks. <laughs> Like, we just want to jump out. Yeah. Um, it was very brief. She looks up and like, yeah, where's your jacket? Yeah. Anyway, then we cut to the meeting and Jenny is going over a profile of the killer. Mulder looks all sulky. <laughs> as Jenny is describing the profile, which says that the killer was some sort of sociopathic game player, maybe even a recluse, since he designed a trap not only to avoid detection, but to avoid contact with the victim. Scully leans closer to Mulder and asks if this is his profile, and he says, forget, no, like the Mara he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when people on Facebook be like, oh, like it's so annoying, and then someone messages, you okay, hun? Like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, shut up. Jerry then plays the final phone call and Spiller asks why Drake would phone to check the time and Jerry explains that it was an incoming call and that it came from within the building. He says that whoever made the call wanted to make sure that Drake took the bait. So basically, in case he didn't get the sink, I think this was insinuating, in case he didn't yeah. hear the sink, he would go out to the phone yeah. anyway. Spiller says, excellent work to Jerry and he takes all the credit like the little weasel that he is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After the meeting, Mulder storms off to find Jerry at the water cooler and asks him what the hell he's doing. Jerry says that he didn't think that Mulder would mind and that they were just notes anyway and that he had filled in the blanks. Mulder states that Jerry <laughs> went into his office and stole his work. Jerry's an asshole about it and says he asked Mulder to help him out and he helped him out. So what's the big deal? Then he walks off and Scully comes to ask Mulder what Jerry said. Mulder is still sulky and replies that Jerry apologised in his own way. Scully says she's got, she just got off the phone with Pearson and hands Mulder the list of people with the know-how to break the system codes and Mulder points out that the only name on it is Brad Wilczek. Scully jokes that Mulder was told that it would be a very short list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's so hilarious in yes, this episode. Yes, yes. And then said that it was headline news how much Brad buys Drake. So then Mulder says it's too obvious for Brad to have killed Drake and it would be brazenly ego-maniacal. Maniacal, yeah. yeah. That's it. Scully jokes that it would be fully consistent with Jerry's excellent behavioural profile. Mm. Mulder agrees sarcastically by being <laughs> fully. Yep. We then cut to Scully and Mulder pulling up to the trendy looking mansion. It was like trendy for the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Mulder jokes, so this is what a 220 IQ and $400 million severance settlement buys you. And then they're getting watched by a camera because cameras are just little creeps in this episode. Yeah. And then we get like a cool black and white shot of them on the mm -hmm. CCTV through its point of view. Brad opens the door before they even knock and then Scully informs them that they're FBI. Brad smiles and asks what took them so long. As they go to enter the house, Brad asks them to take their shoes off. Yeah, you have to tease it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Scotty looks absolutely tiny. Cause although, does. if you notice, that, like, throughout this whole thing, they keep Mulder like, quite a bit behind her. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if he was right next to her, she would look even smaller yeah. than she already does. Oh. But also, how slidey would that float? Because it's like a marble yeah. floor. Like, I mean, uh, tiles. Like, it would have been so slidey, especially in tights. Yes. What's the Americans called tights again? Pantyholes. Pantyholes, yeah. Even Mulder's got his socks on, eh? I thought you were about to see if Mulder has tights on. I was like, what? <laughs> Socks on. Yeah. So like walking a bit in socks. That would be... Yeah. Like bare feet's fine because it gives you some grip, but yeah. socks are be slightly. Look how tiny she is. Uh, it's just Brad, but it's too <laughs> Yeah, because he's got bare feet, doesn't he? Yeah. Creep. So then Brad immediately starts to talk about how all Drake cared about was market shares and profits. Scully questions what Brad's vision for the company was, and he says that he started Eurisco out of his parents' garage when he was 22, and he had just spent a whole year following the Grateful Dead around. Which I'm pretty sure is the band that the. You want the list. I just fin- finished Bucky fucking Dent, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure like the main character Ted is like obsessed with that band. Yeah, oh, which is a weird coincidence. Yeah, that's but a weird I can't remember, but it is for sure. I was also I just started rewatching Ray Donovan, so mm-hmm. good. And like I literally just finished that book, and then in a scene he goes Bucky fucking Dent, and I was like, what? <laughs> but I don't even remember it from the because f- the first time I watched it through was like 2015, so right, I obviously okay, didn't yeah. have a clue about the book then. Yeah. But I was just like, how weird is that? That, that would just weird. No, yeah. yeah, all connected. Yeah. Because he's from Boston. Like, hey, that's in Ray Donovan. Anyway, we're way off topic. So then he asks them if they know what Eurisco means. Scully shakes her head and then Mulder tries to look smart and <laughs> yeah. says it's from the Greek, isn't it? And then he says, um, I learned things. And then Brad tells him it means I discover things. And then Mulder looks at him as if to say, close enough, you speck a little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not trying to my brain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's trying to impress Scully yeah. and you just fucked it over for him. So then Brad goes on to say that Drake wasn't interested in discovery and says that Drake was a short-sighted, power-hungry opportunist. Brad then shows um, his market home. His market home? His smart home. Smart home, yeah. I can't read quickly. Brad then shows them his smart home, and tells them that his house is as, is as secure as Fort Knox, and his energy efficient as an igloo. And then I wrote how this like, really dates the show, because like, they're acting as if this is a big thing, but like, yeah. pretty much every other person has a smart home now. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brad says they were years ahead of Microsoft, but Drake decided to pull the program. Mulder asks if the system is related to the one at the Eurisco corporate building, and Brad says it's a variation on a theme. Mulder then asks who in Brad's opinion would be able to override the system. Brad says not many people. Mulder then asks if someone could have hacked into the system, Brad says, not your average person, but there are plenty of data travellers, electro wizards, and techno anarchists, whatever the fuck they are, <laughs> um, yeah, out there that might be able to. Scully then asks Brad if he could have done it, and Brad gladly announces that of course he could. <laughs> he designed it. And then says, that's why you're here, isn't it? Scully states that he doesn't look too concerned, and then he tells her, rather rudely, I said, don't like his tone. Yeah. I can't remember this bit, but then... Oh, yeah, he's like, it's a puzzle, isn't he? Yeah. Like, puzzles. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a puzzle on that scruffy minds like his, like, puzzles. Oh, I forgot to say at the start when they first woke up and he says like, there's, like, neat people and scruffy people. And mm-hmm. um, Drake was a neat person. He was, like, a scruffy yeah. mind. But as he a general it. rule, yeah, scruffy minds don't commit murder. We then cut to Scully's apartment where she's sitting at her computer and we get a voiceover because the X-Files. Yep. <laughs> So then in Sky's voiceover, she says that, and I quote, I wrote all this down. <laughs> Some see genius as the ability to connect the unconnected, to make juxtapositions, see relationships where others cannot. Is Brad Wilczek a genius? I don't know. But I do know this for certain. He has a pre- <laughs> predilection? Predilection? Fuck. Predilection, we're going to go for yeah. For elaborate gameplay and an intimate knowledge of the Eurisco building. And he has a de- demonstrable de- demon? Fuck. Demonstrable? No, it's not. That's what I thought it was, but it's Dem- demonstrable Dem- motive for killing Benjamin sure. Drake. 
Whatever she says. The question remains, but if he's so clever, how do we nail him? And then it's End of Field Journal, October 24th, 1993. Close to my birthday. Yeah. So then we see, yeah, we see Scully get out from her computer and then she heads like to the bathroom or the bedroom or whatever. Anyway, she leaves and then the computer starts beeping and then we cut to the COS at Eurisco and the creepy computer voice says, file open. And basically it's just reading all of our files. We then cut to Mulder and Scully who are listening to tapes of Brad waffling on about Eastern philosophies or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't really pay to what he's saying. But Scully keeps rem- rewinding it pointlessly or so we think and uh, then Jerry enters and Mulder looks at Scully and is like could you give us a second which I, makes it seem like he's asking hard to leave but then he gets yeah. up and goes yeah. out so Mulder, Mulder Mulder goes outside to speak to Jerry who gives him a half-assed apology Mulder tells Jerry that if he had just asked then Mulder would have helped him with the profile Jerry tells Mulder that he doesn't know what it's like they have Jerry on six months probation after what happened in Atlanta and he has to file daily reports like a new agent I can't remember the exact turn of phrase he used I don't know, yeah, but it's like some green, yeah, like greenhorn kind of thing. Yeah, or something like that. Mulder tells Jerry that it was just bad luck and that it could have happened to anyone. Jerry sulkily, sulkily? Lord, yeah, yeah. So he yeah. says, "Not to you." Mulder then says something about them doing good work together, and Jerry again adds, "Let's face it, I was just tagging along like a little bitch." It's so true, though. <laughs> yeah, all true. So then Mulder reassures him that it wasn't that. Well, it wasn't like that, and Jerry comes back again like a little bitch and says, <laughs> how would Mulder know? He was too busy dazzling everyone up on the highway. And I've wrote, and at this point, Mulder should have just slapped him, like the little yep. bitch that he is, yep. because he's literally annoyed at Mulder for being good at his job yeah. and making his mediocre little ass look bad. And he's like, what, you want to apologise for being good? Thank you, Jerry. Jerry is Mulder's Tom Colt. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You know what? You know that you mentioned that he is. <laughs> yeah. He really is. We need to get that meme from the office with Pam. It's like they're this corporate one. She's got the same. Yeah. The same image. Yeah. Uh, Scully interjects and tells Mulder to come take a look at something. She says they've borrowed a computer spectrogram from Georgetown University or something. I think so. I can't be bored rewinding to get the notes, so I just kept going. Um, and that's capable of identifying individual speech patterns. She plays recording from the COS on the phone, on the phone call Drake received before he yeeted into the mirror. <laughs> and then I wrote, nope, Mulder is standing with his hands on his hips like a slot. Yep. And then she plays up a spliced version of the audio clips from the lecture. I think it was a lecture Brad gave at the Smithsonian. And then she plays basically the two clips stacked on top of each other. And Jerry asks if Scully's saying if they're the same. And Mulder says he's saying they're both Brad Wilczek's voice. And that Brad may have disguised his voice. Oh no, may have electronically disguised his voice. But he couldn't alter the formats, whatever they are, formats unique to his own speech pattern. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Scully adds that this means that Brad killed Drake and that he has the motive and the means. She then says that they now have the evidence and literally and literally draw Oh yeah. Yeah, so she says she's got the evidence and then she literally draws on her computer screen with a marker. Yeah, so that's what I was wondering. Like I don't think they had touch screens in the <laughs> no, so... It's a marker. It's not yeah. special like, this is what I wrote. I said like with a marker and then I wrote, Are you okay, hun? Because what the actual fuck are you doing? Yeah. That isn't a smart board. Let's <laughs> go the way you were teaching the permanent marker. I remember a substitute teacher we had, we just got a brand new smart board in our room and a substitute teacher came in and wrote with the whiteboard marker on the smart board. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, Ugh. So yeah. then for the rest of the thing we're at school, I just remember that board had like a pen mark on it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I remember that. There. So, where am I? Lost it. 
Anyway, she says that Judge Benson lives in Washington Heights. She says they can get a, a warrant in less than an hour. Jerry says that someone will have to make sure that Brad stays put and Mulder offers to go with him, but Jerry insists that he does that alone because he needs to brown as the boss. I don't know. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> I can be bored at this point, clearly. We then head over to Brad's house where he's typing away at a computer in the dark, looking all sus. Also, like, this boy is a calamity. Like, he's got his computer set up right like, in front of a pond or a pool. Yeah, yeah, he's like an indoor pool or something, or tranquility pool, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a reflecting pill, isn't it? In our game, yeah. Is, yeah. Like, you're insane. Yeah, just accident waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, when he's typing away at a computer, <laughs> when he's typing away at a computer in the dark, looking all sus, he's saying, he, and then he's like muttering to his computer, like, come on, let me in, which is making him look guilty. Mm-hmm. Although, he looked, even the first time I watched this, I was like, they're pointing it too much at him. Yeah. It's clearly not him. Yeah, guilty, insane. Yeah, so he keeps like hacking away or doing stuff, and I don't really understand computer stuff, but he keeps getting denied access, so he jumps into his little red Corvette. I think it was a Corvette. We're going yeah, with sure. Is it Red yeah. Corvette, the song? That's song, yeah. Purple Rain. Not Purple Rain. What's his name? Prince. Prince. That's <laughs> just one connection to me. Yeah. I mean, path to take to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mulder likes Prince. Does he? He mentions it in some funny. He says, like, Purple Rain is like, good album, bad movie or something. And then he was on, not Mulder, David was on the Kelly Clarkson show and they were playing a game like it was like, album, not TikTok, right. too long ago to be able to find it though. Yeah. But he was like, they were playing some game where like, like it's a bit like no catchphrase when they mm-hmm. remove block yeah. and you've got to yeah. guess at the album cover and yeah. like he got it like a few oh. and he was like Prince Purple Rain yeah. so maybe he likes yeah, it too maybe. what decade was Prince popular 80s or something oh I would say 80s but that's just based on the vibe <laughs> based on the vibe <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would just say based on the vibe yeah 80s 80s worldwide fame in the 1980s was 1999 from Purple Rain wait his album was called 1999 yeah, that's what and the 80s. Or unless that was the song, 1999. And the 80s. Have you seen the clip of Gillian Anderson talking about Y2K and she totally bought into all the madness that was happening? <laughs> Did she? I've not yeah. seen that, no. <laughs> I was too young for her. I remember hearing about it because I remember Becky was panicking about it because she's not that smart. I remember the, millenn- like, the millennium happened, we had a big party, and then I remember it. Hearing it be mentioned, but I was like, I have. Oh, we didn't have a party, but I'm sure that was the first year my mum let us stay up for bells. And I think that's just something you see in the UK, but Mm. whatever. I mean, Rachel being like, was it that year or maybe it was 1999 was the first year she let us stay up, like 1998 into 99? Right, yeah. And like, we'd never been allowed to stay up for it before because we were, well, if it was in 99, like, I would have just, I would have been four and a half. No, I wouldn't have. No, no. Five and a half. (laughs) My birthday's in June. Yeah, you were born in 93. Born in 93. 98 would be five. Five and a half. Yeah. All oh, right. So we Wait, maybe I was like, right. I was younger. Maybe I was 97 to 98. I can't remember. What's Sam born? I don't remember. Anyway, I remember the first year we were allowed to stay up. It was all like 99, like 98 into 99 right, okay. or 99 into 2000. I'm with you now. Or it could have been 97 into 98, but I was like young. Yeah. But I remember like thinking it was this big thing. And then when me and Rachel were finally allowed to stay up, we were just like, was that when it happened? Yeah. We thought something amazing was going to happen yeah. at midnight. And nothing happened. No, no. <laughs> I was like some fireworks and that. Yeah. But I was like, and like first footers, like we never get first footers anymore. But people no. used to like come in yeah. the street and we have see drinks. It well, like. Never happens anymore. Again, no one has a clue what we're talking about. It's first footers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, I remember that being. A- I always find Hogmanay's depressing. Mm, nowadays, yeah, because we used to have a big massive party, and then as we all grew older. It just kind of faded off. We don't do it anymore, and mm. I'll just sit there and I'm like, my heart starts racing like when it comes up to midnight. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm expecting <laughs> to happen, but then it does it, and then you're just like, oh, I just think, oh, it's now you're gone. I've achieved nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we had quite a funny just one a last dark year. Turn. <laughs> yeah. We had quite a funny 
before last year because it was three of us. And I just remember making a video of us sending it to like family in Australia. <laughs> so in this video, I was standing on a chair and we're trying to time like half a new year with a song that was playing and we just couldn't get it. <laughs> like my dad was going and my mum was going, but I was doing it on time Aww. and we just couldn't get it as quickly. Oh, you're brilliant. Where even were we in this? How did we get here? Corvette! Prince! Yeah, alright, yeah, there we go. So yeah, Brad drives off in his little red Corvette. That's what we're going to assume it is. And then we see Jerry's actually been watching him in his car out on the road. And then we just assume he's going to follow. So then it cuts to Eurisco HQ at night time. And we see... Because like when he was leaving his house, it was kind of like dusk. Yeah. And now it's night time. Where are we? And we see... At night. And we see Brad forest gumping it into the building. <laughs> Whizzes right past the security guy at the front desk who calls after him. He goes to the elevator where he looks pretty scared as the camera watches him like the creep that it is. Mm-hmm. These cameras, honestly, such yeah, pervs. Pretty big brother. We then see Jerry entering Eurisco HQ and he goes in, He goes to the front desk. The security guard asks if he can help Jerry and he pulls out his ID and says FBI, like Billy Big Boss. <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks he's it. He's like, yeah. FBI. He's like Eddie Van Blunt. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. FBI. Uh, (laughs) Eddie Van Blunt. What was it? Van Van Blunt Hunt? Or whatever they say. They pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. We then see Brad enter a dark concrete room and I've wrote, ew, the decor in this room is so inviting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, it's like a concrete room. Yeah, it's weird. Is, uh, it's weird. Which has a computer and some sort of like big computer tower things. <laughs> I, wrote, I don't know, I'm not Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand well, what computer, like the big tower things. Yeah, like network. Like technically like this is a computer tower. Yeah. But these are the massive things. Yeah. If you know, you know. Quan. Quan. what I mean? <laughs> He manages to gain access to the COS and then the cr- creepy computer voice says, Welcome back, Brad. Like that. It's like my impersonation. Yeah, it was very good. And then like he screws up his face and has to be like, What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts talking to the computer like a completely sane person mm-hmm. and says, You're not equipped with a voice synthesizer and asks what his user level is now. And then the cr- creepy computer tells him that his level is now at the discretion of the C- of the OS, it just says, of the operating system. Yeah. yeah. It said operating system, I can't believe it right now, Arrow OS. So then we see Jerry, you're laughing, but we're onto your notes very soon. No, no, yeah, yeah. Mine are very bad. <laughs> so we then see Jerry enter the elevator and the camera is at a tilted angle. You know what Yeah, I noticed that. And, it, and it really reminds strange. me, I don't understand why it is there. It's obviously for some sort of artistic reason, mm-hmm. but it's the same as in the first, I've wrote this down, it's first Thor film. And I love, fuck, I love him so much. <laughs> I don't remember his name. The director of the first Thor film. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, like, he's in the girl. I still don't watch Belfast. It's supposed to be... Anyway, he uses weird angles all yeah. throughout the park, and it makes me feel so dizzy. Yeah. And it's like for no reason. And it's just like, what it's are you some... doing? Yeah, in that film, he's got some like weird shots that look up. Yeah. But sometimes the angle, the camera's just yeah. tilted. Yeah. And it's just like, what? But it is very strange. And I thought that when this one, I was like, oh, it's just a really weird like, camera angle. Randomly, it's like, show like the lift going up or something. Like. It looks like he's still panicking when he's in the lift. He's like freaking out. There's Brad who's freaking out in the lift. He looks scared, but I think he's because he's scared of this guy. I thought we were talking about Brad. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about Jerry. Yeah, right, okay. Jerry looks like he's getting so ready with his gun in the ring. Yeah, he is. But yeah, I forgot to mention that because I did have my notes. Brad did look scared in the elevator. Yeah. So you can tell he's scared of something. Yeah. Something's going down. So yeah, we see Jerry 
weird camera angle. And then as the elevator is going up, it zooms in on the camera and then we see like Brad watching Jerry in the elevator on his computer monitor. And Brad asks the computer what it's doing. The computer avoids the question and tells Brad that what he's trying to do isn't available under his current user level. <laughs> and bitch has this COS got sass. <laughs> Brad screams, what are you doing? At the COS and it repeats it back to him mockingly. Oh yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like taking the piss out of him. It's so funny. It's so much sass. So then Brad like runs up over to like a bigger screen that's in front of some power thing or something. Like he's watching Jerry mm-hmm. on the elevator on a bigger screen and it's got like multiple yeah. views or whatever. Yeah. And then Brad appears to be like trying to shut the system down or something. Like he's pulling stuff out, isn't it? Isn't he? Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like backs up away from it um, and voting defeat. I don't actually know if that's what he does. I would say so, yeah. yeah. He's just like, oh. He kind of walks think. away from it. And then, meanwhile, in the elevator, like it stops and it's like going to seem like the floors is going like 29, 30, 29, 30, 29, 30. Over yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Over and over before the camera looks at Jerry and then the lift says going down. That's not how it says it. I oh, fucked that one up. Down. Yeah, yeah. And then Jerry, and then I wrote, Jerry's floating like a tin can. I was like, <laughs> not really. He's been to the floor because yeah. of physics. Someone explained that to us. It's like gravity or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> uh, you did physics. You should be able to explain that to us. Mm, no. no. <laughs> What's 73 plus 13? <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong person. <laughs> no, 73 plus 86. Come on. Yeah, okay, Six, yeah. uh, <laughs> Can't do my last, okay? Cannot. Uh, so yeah, he's like pinned to the floor and he's screaming and then Brad's like watching on screaming, no, don't do this. And then before Jerry abruptly meets the bottom of the elevator shaft, the CCTV footage of Jerry cuts out, just like his short life. <laughs> and then we cut back to the, to Brad as the COS as the COS says program executed. Well then we right cut to the FBI office and Muller's watching the oh. CCTV footage back of his bestie becoming Pam Reed and he's just sitting like shaking his head. Um <laughs> And he flips over um, to the to the other footage that they have of Brad, who is now backing away, like in the same moment as he's watching um, Jerry go down in the lift. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's <laughs> casually going yeah. down the floor. It's not <laughs> like he's falling to his death. Yeah, falling to his death, and it's pretty intense. Like he's watching it pretty. I mean, intense, he watches yeah. Fred back, <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, pretty devastating. So he kind of reminds and like watches it over. And Scully enters the room and says that he heard about Jerry and that she's sorry for his loss. And Mulder replies and says he doesn't, still doesn't think that it's Brad that killed him. It doesn't make any sense. And ask asks why he'd go back to Eurisco. Um, questions that if he was going to destroy the evidence, why would he pose for the cameras while he was doing it? So Scully takes the remote from him, turns off the, rec- the recording and kneels down to his level. Uh, not that she really needs to go far because he's sitting in a chair. <laughs> She's just the wall, yeah. yeah. Just unzip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. Great. I also noticed in this shot, the camera moves down, but it like tilts up so it looks like Aww. she goes further. <laughs> And when, she so stands, and when she stands back up again, it tilts quite sharply again, so it looks yeah. like she's taller than she is. I've wrote, also, all jokes aside, I am screaming. <laughs> <laughs> because she kneels down to his level to, like, comfort oh, yeah. And she's like, right, you've been through a lot, and there's lots of staring and eye contact going on. And then Mulder just goes right back to watching it, and he says that he thinks Brad is smarter than this, and he still doesn't believe that he is the killer. And then Scully reveals that Brad just signed a confession. So then we cut to Mulder, he's driving to Brad's house, um, officers are outside. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try and talk about yeah. There we go. Oh, there we go. That sounds, that looks like a lot better. We should have figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, pause here. Yeah, I'm ready to know that. Oh, no. Go away, Mr. FBI. Right. 
Oh, oh, Nico, that's nice. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Men in Black. Oh, let's look at that prop up. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good place to pause on. Okay, so basically, like, the agents are there and they kind of stop him from going in. That has some kind of FBI term, subpoena or something. Oh, subpoena. Subpoena, that's it. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> he has been overridden um, and basically tells him that he has to leave. <laughs> I also wrote down, not to be a whore, but the way that his jaw clenches and like oh, the yeah, bits yeah, come yeah, out of yeah. the side. Good. Oh, I know a lot good. of people that are like that. He does it a lot. He does. In this episode, he does it he's earlier a whore. as well. Yeah. I'm just meant in general all the time he does it. Yeah. He knows what you're saying. Yeah, he, he knows. He understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and then he just kind of like agrees and then turns around and then he leaves. And then we cut to him sitting in the sun with his shades. And looking... he's finally... Is this the only time he wears glasses that are actually the right shape for his face? Probably. I feel like it is in X-Files. Probably, yeah. Not even just in the X-Files. Yeah, they're very square, but he's got a very square face. But See, it works. Yeah, it works. It's got the whole look. I'm sorry, little stupid little 90s one that yeah. he wears usually. Yeah. Too much better. It's a good look. So yeah, he's just chilling in the sun, in his shades, looking at his watch. It's like a proper, like, men in black kind of look going on, except for that funky tie. <laughs> I do like Love the tie. It. It's Love a loud, it. it's a loud pattern. And he's obviously, like, waiting on somebody. Um, so then Deep Throat walks past behind them, and that he tells Mulder that he's here against his better judgement, and that he should respect the boundaries of, like, their working relationship. And then Mulder says that he needs to know why Brad is the subject of a Code 5 investigation um, and what the Defence Department wants with him. Um, Deep Throat says, like, well, what do you think that they want? Um, he's the most innovative programmer in this hemisphere. And he says that he's always turned down, like, every contract involving weapons, though, because um, he's got a bleeding heart. Mulder then questions what kind of software the Defence Department would want from him. Uh, Deep Throat asks how much he knows about AI. And Mulder's like, I thought that that was only theoretical. I'm like, oh, it's so 90s. Mm. <laughs> it's so neat. And then Deep Throat brings up how it was until... No, how it was theoretical until two years ago in Helsinki when a computer beat a chess grandmaster. And it was Brad's program that ran the computer. And that there are rumours that he did it by building an adaptive network. So it's like a learning machine and a computer that actually thinks. So that's why he was able to beat him. I just remembered before I get, like, in from me, like... <laughs> <laughs> He also wears a pair of like Ray-Ban wafers and what's the one where the guy eats people's fat? Oh yeah, uh, Tusha. Tusha, yeah. yeah. Is he, is and there might be another episode but for sure that's another one he wears. There's there. one in <laughs> There's one in season 7 because they're like taken off the X-Files I think. Or, mm, or season they're 6. They're still a bit narrow but they're better for his face. Yeah, yeah. that's Drive. Start a Drive. Yeah. Because they're like outside the wee... I'm sure he wears a pair of Ray-Bans in the 11th series, but they're not the right shape again. Yeah, they're too yeah. big this time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, when do you ever wear the right glasses? Apart yeah. from Aquarius, because that's set in the 1960s. Okay. And he wears Club Masters the entire time. Okay. I'm like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting it. Yeah, decent sunglasses. Anyway, we derailed yeah. again. <laughs> it was a good derail, though. Yeah. It's a good tangent. So, like, this adaptive program of Brad's has become a sort of holy grail for the Department of Defense. So we cut to the Federal Detention Center in Washington, D.C., and Brad complains about having to wear shoes all the time. He's got a big thing about having his feet out. <laughs> Mulder asks him why he's willing to spend the rest of his life in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. Brad is adamant um, that he's guilty. Mulder denies it and says that he's protecting the machine. So he's protecting the, the operating system at Eurisco. Brad denies it still that he's not protecting the machine and relates to Oppenheimer and the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki. This is bullshit, by the way. Yeah. He did not ever say that he regretted it. 
Because that's what I was thinking when he was saying it. I was like, oh, I'm sure I read it's that. It's been debunked. Did. Yeah, it's been yeah. debunked. He never said it. So I'm wondering about this new film that Christopher Nolan's doing, where Killian Murphy is playing Oppenheimer. Uh... If he's going to go down the route that he did regret it or not. It would be nice if he had regretted it. Yeah. But apparently he didn't. I know, yeah. Because I was reading up on that. I'm like, that day I thought, I'll go on Wikipedia and read yeah. some articles. Because I'm sure there was like the pilot as well. I don't know if he regretted it, but I'm sure I read it. it was like, it was just like, I'm just doing my duty to my country. And I'm like, all right, mate. Yeah, no, no one, like, if that was me, I'd be like, yeah, wholeheartedly regret yeah. it. I mean, yeah. But they're just like, do you know why it is? Because they're fucking narcissists. <laughs> and they won't admit. Yeah. This bullshit, like, oh, I was just fallen order. So we're the Nazis. So are you yeah. a Nazi? <laughs> yes. You're telling me you're yeah. no better. Very true. Probably this is the wrong platform. Most of our are American. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't agree with bombing. <laughs> so yeah, this then Mulder goes on to say how Oppen- Oppenheimer may have regretted it, but never denied the responsibility for it. And then Brad continues by saying that he loves the work and his mistake was sharing it with an immoral government, um, and he won't make that same mistake. Nineties oh, alarm. It's very nineties. <laughs> I'm sure my nana had one like that. My mom had like one like that. Yeah, like for years. I was just like, oh, it's just so old and yeah. We had a Tasmanian devil alarm clock yeah, when we were all on it. Time was in his mouth. <laughs> I love it. And then Mulder can, goes on to argue that the it was the machine that killed Drake and his friend, so Jerry. And Brad says he's sorry, but there's nothing he can do. <laughs> I'll go with that again. <laughs> so Mulder argues that the machine killed Drake and his friend Jerry, and Brad says that he's sorry, but there's nothing he can do. And then Mulder goes on to say that he's afraid and he talks about morality but is willing to accept that his machine will kill again. And Brad's like, oh, it's a lesser of two evils. And Mulder's like, well, what about a third option? Like, what if you destroy it? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you should really destroy it, mate. <laughs> so then we cut to Mulder and Scully walking out of the detention centre and Mulder says that Bubchek can create a virus to destroy the system and Scully says that blaming the machine is an alibi and a bad one and Mulder goes on to say that's the only thing that makes sense. Loss of success thanks mm-hmm. to Drake and him wanting to kill the programme. So the machine killed Drake out of self-defence, that's what Scully says. She doesn't quite believe it. Mulder's like, no, not self-defence, selfish. So Scully then brings up how that level of AI is decades away. Then Mulder plays the government card, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Why was our government trying to usurp Brad's research? I made another like little side note, and I was like, okay, but the way that she pulls him aside to like go off the path, and then he walks backwards to keep facing her. <laughs> it's so good. And isn't that with a little cool camera angle with the camera yeah. moves around them? Yeah, 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 it's good, yeah. It's a very good little moment. And Scully goes on to argue that he thinks that Mulder is looking for something that isn't there and it has something to do with Jay. Then she goes on to say that she thinks he should probably talk to someone about it all. And Mulder just like keeps backing up and he turns around and then Scully's like, right, where are you going? And Mulder's like, oh, to talk to someone. Playing his little games. <laughs> so then we cut back to the detention centre and Mulder enters Brad's cell and asks how much time that he needs and then he reveals kind of like subtly that he's got a laptop on the bed but also not so subtly because the laptops were massive. <laughs> back in the day. Also that laptop would not have enough power no. to do hacking with. <laughs> no. Use something much better than that. Yeah. So then we cut to Scully's apartment. It is 1.31am with the, the old alarm clock. Phone rings and Molly Molly Scully answers. Every um, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Because <laughs> I'm reading ahead and then, and, the yeah. and then we hear a modem dialing over the phone and then Scully quickly hangs do up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Ah. Yeah, the internet connection used to like scream at you. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> so then after she hang, hangs up she quickly gets out of bed and then goes to her computer 
and it shows that someone is accessing all her files and then she calls the FBI um, to run a trace on it and says someone is accessing her computer. We cut to the Eurisco building, Mulder is outside, the way he walks into frame is, I don't know, it's just quite funny, it just like <laughs> appears, like pops up. <laughs> I love it. So then Mulder's there and he opens his trunk as Scully pulls up, Mulder asks what she's doing and then she says that someone has been tapping into her calls and hacking her computer um, and then when she traced it, it came from inside the Eurisco building. Can I just say, it wasn't until like my last page of notes that my iPad finally decided to recognise Eurisco as a word. <laughs> and every other time it auto-corrected it and I had to keep changing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you, on the, like, the last page to yeah. finally get that this is the word I'm going for. So then Mulder says that it's the machine that is doing all this and then we just get a big sigh from Scully. <laughs> um, and she's asked like how they can get in and then Mulder's like, remember the Trojan horse? And he pulls like, like are you a school license plate? <laughs> so as they approach, so as they drive up with the, the you're a school license plate, we see it through a CCTV camera and then the machine scans the license plate and the, like, the gate starts to slowly open. Or the barrier, I should say, starts to open. But then it, read what it says. So then it starts to open, but then it closes down. It's like, and nobody's full. Yeah. Like, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's like this big spike wall that comes down um, and lands on like the front of their car. So they both leave the car. Mulder's mm-hmm. got his like, wee rucksack on. So as they hop out, yep, he like yanks the connection from like the car horn. And we're like, someone showed them where to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from last week. So he yanks that out, and then he's basically like, so much for the element of surprise. And then they enter the building, and they're getting watched by the CCTV camera. I want to go. Yeah. Reminds me of this. This is going. Yeah, this in season eleven. He's like 20, 20, like oh, yeah, the steps yeah. as he's going up. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, easy for you because you can take two at a time, yeah. you dick. He's only got a wee leg. As they enter, they climb the stairs, obviously avoiding the lift because of vast experience. <laughs> and the CCTV continues to follow them. They get, as they get close to their destination, the power goes out. And then, yep, Mulder makes his little trick-or-treat joke, mm-hmm. which is very cute. So then the, the camera continues to track them. And so from his wee rucksack, <laughs> Mulder like, pulls out like rubber gloves, pops them on, um, and then is it a, is it a metal thing? I can't. It's like a screwdriver thing. He's got. Yeah, he's got like a screwdriver, and he goes and points it up to the lock because he doesn't want to make the same mistake as a Drake, and then get like electrocuted and yeeted down the stairs. So he tries to open the lock with his big ass screwdriver, and then it sparks, and then Mulder tries the handle, but it's still locked. Then Mulder points to the CCTV to point it out to Scully. It's basically like, what are you looking at? And he covers it up. <laughs> then they both spy the vent as a way to get through. And then Scully gets boosted into it. And then she starts like total army crawling through the vent. And it is amazing. Basically, she is going into the vent to try and find a way to open the door from the other side. As she is crawling through the vent, Mulder is pacing on the other side of the door waiting for her. And he's basically like, come on. And then the door opens. So the door beeps and it's like it's opening and then... Mulder shouts for Scully, but then it is Pearson who appears through the door. And as Scully is still moving through the vents, air starts blowing and it starts like, wait, buffeting up, buff, buffeting her. What does that mean? Like, he's bumping her. Like, yeah, so like, her around, yeah, but, yeah, like blowing her back, kind of thing, or blowing her off to the side. So she starts to struggle more and more as she is moving through the vent. And it is like quite intense, like wind that is coming through there. Yeah, d- like, are they that strong? Well, I don't know, like that, I don't believe they are. That looks like mm, ridiculous. Same happened to Garfield, though. Oh, true. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a movie thing or if that is actually what happens because how could wind... What's with her socks as well? Is she not wearing heels? Yeah. I think she's taking her shoes off. Yeah, no, but she wouldn't be wearing socks with heels. Oh, yeah, it's true. She'd be wearing tights. I feel like that was just maybe for her yeah, maybe. to be more comfy. In the... And this this poor woman, 
Like, what has she gone through? <laughs> like, blown through events. So, like, this the thing she has to put up with is Walter's partner. <laughs> so basically she gets blown through towards a fan and then... Make that sound so less She's about to get sliced. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So the, the fan will... Kill her. Yeah. So, she, but she manages to catch... Manages to catch onto a ledge and stops herself. And then we cut to the... We cut to Pearson and Mulder who enter, like, the... The main room for the computer. And this Peterson says that the machine has been acting crazy with power surges and it shuts off, and that's why he's in the building so late. And Mulder asks where the B port is and is shown, and then Peterson asks if he knows what he's doing because if he doesn't, he could lose his job um, for what they're doing in the room, basically, with the machine. So Mulder inputs the virus into the computer while Scully is literally fighting for her life. <laughs> um, she shoots at the fan mechanism. Third goal. Third time okay. Time's a charm. Looking like an absolute badass while she's doing it. Yeah. She is killing it. So Mother inputs the... Oh no, I'm going to send that. So Mother gains access um, and says hey, now he can input the virus into the machine yeah. and put a stop to it all. Puckers on his lips as he's doing it. Yeah. Slut. <laughs> yeah. But he's this little clap. He's so happy and he like yeah. rushes over to the computer to do it. And I also hate him's here here. Because it's like yeah. season four, season five. Oh, I'm out of myself here. Someone who actually <laughs> hates season four, season five here with a little stupid barn. But you have a breath though. Like, bro, you ran like ten steps. Looking a bit rumpled. His hair's a bit ruffled. Yeah, you got the holes there. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he did. Pearson stops him from inputting the virus, points a gun at Mulder, and says that he was trying to access um, the CPU for the last two years, but obviously he's been unsuccessful. And he tells Mulder to take out his gun and remove the clip, which Mulder does. And I also made a note saying, My God, he is looking fine. <laughs> uh, Mulder asks, he's from the Defense Department. And Peterson says that their paychecks are signed by this. Well, Peterson says, let's just say our paychecks are signed by the same person. They also, Peterson also warns Mulder that he doesn't want to test his resolve and tells him to hand over the virus that's going to destroy the machine. As Mulder does, Scully enters looking like a boss and is pointing the gun at Peterson. She looks like she's been through hell though. She does. <laughs> like this, this poor woman. <laughs> this poor woman. <laughs> Um, so she has got the gun trained on the big man and is telling him to put his gun down. So his little, like, oh, sorry, her little, like, shut up and drop the gun is just so mm-hmm. good. Scully has, like, just been dragged through this man and then... Pearson then says that he she is compromising her sworn duty and she looks at him like, do I give a fuck? She's <laughs> like, just put it down. <laughs> Mulder tells her... Headset. Yeah, yeah, we still like being right there. So Mulder ter- tells her not to listen to Peterson, um, and goes on to say how the technology of the machine is enormous, is a, is of enormous scientific interest, and Peterson says how his operation is extremely sensitive. Mulder argues that the machine is a monster and it's killed people and they can't handle it. Or they, they won't be able to handle it any better than Brad was able to. Peterson tells them that they will. Nope, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> the wrong intonation. Uh, so Pearson tells him that they will be held accountable, and Scully tells Mulder um, to put in the disc for the the, the virus. Um, and it's a floppy disc that he puts in. And I'm like, oh my god, throwback. <laughs> so then the machine's like, don't do this, Brad. It starts to slowly <laughs> shut down. Good impression. Yeah. It starts to slowly shut down with the virus. The electronics starts going haywire, and Pearson is absolutely raging. And the machine is like, Brad, why? <laughs> and then it shuts down. Um, after it shuts down, there is a shot from outside and all the lights turn on within the building. Then we cut to outside and it is in a park and Mulder is with Deep Throat. Deep Throat says that he has petitioned with the Attorney General. Yeah, they're so in love. Yeah, yeah. 
They're, they're besties. They're bros. I um, think it's more than that. Mulder's got daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Deep Throat says that he's petitioned for the Attorney General, but now they'll never be able to fight Brad. Mulder says they can't just do that, and Deep Throat is like, they can do whatever they want. Which I think is kind of like the first proper sign. And maybe I'm like talking him up. Like, the government just do like whatever they want. Mm, basically. I feel like we got that in Deep Throat. I suppose we did, yeah. Yeah. But it's like the first kind of time it comes back up again. Yeah. Like a, as a repeating thing rather. Maybe I'm just talking about that, I don't know. Hey. Maybe, right? So Mulder asks where Brad is and Deep Throat reveals that he is in the middle of what they in the trade call call hard bargaining. And then Mulder argues saying that Brad will never work for them and Deep Throat counters with how the loss of freedom does funny things to a man and that Brad confessed to two murders and that Mulder effectively destroyed the only evidence that could have exonerated him. So Mulder asks what else he could have done and Deep Throat is like nothing unless he was willing to let the technology survive. Deep Throat also reveals that the Department of Defence have found nothing um, regarding the programme because Brad's virus was so thorough in destroying it and left no trace of the AI at all and it is completely dead. Back in the Eurisco building, Peterson appears on the screen on the phone and says that they've basically gone through everything and they've found absolutely nothing in the programme and there's like nothing that remains from it. So then after he gets off the phone, he gets his orders and he reveals that they have six hours left to find something before everything gets destroyed. And as he walks away from the camera, slowly zooms in. So, <laughs> I can read my right in it, it's just it makes no sense. <laughs> this is like midnight. Um, so as he walks away from the camera, the camera then slowly starts to zoom in on the computer and it shows that it is now working. So the camera on the wall comes back alive, it comes back online, shows the face of Peterson in it before it fades to black and then we get the big reveal. Big reveal. Uh, so it's saying that the, well it would be like the operating still alive, alive but it's self. Yeah. Being sneaky. Being a cheeky wee monkey. This is basically the same as what Followers was trying to say. Season eleven. Yeah, I feel like followers executed it better. Yeah, yeah, I would agree as well. But Definitely. I think it was good for its time. Uh-huh. Every time I watch it, I like it better than the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it grows on me. Yeah, because I don't. I remember not really liking it the first time I watched it, but every time I've rewatched it since, I think it's all right. Yeah, I think for me, it's like a hidden gem. Like I forget it exists. Yeah, and then when I do watch it again, I'm like, oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but it's not one I would watch. Like choose to put over. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, so where are we rating it? I don't know. Right, so can you remember the list? No. <laughs> we have got. Can I remember the list? <laughs> We've got Squeeze. Okay, yeah. Contentious Jersey Devil. Pilot. How much is that? That's three. Three, yeah. Then we have got it's Deep awesome. Throat yeah. and Shadows, then Conduit. So, do you think it's better than Conduit? Yes. Do you think it's better than Deep Throat? No. No. no so, I it's would... not getting into the top yeah. five. I would probably put it above Shadows. So, you're. Wait, you've put no, Shadows above Deep Throat. I thought it was Deep Throat and then Shadows. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So you'd put into the top five and knock Shadows out of the top five. Yeah, I would. I probably would do. This is going to be controversial. Mostly just because Lauren Kite fucking pissed me off crying <laughs> the entire episode. Yeah. Not saying anything wrong crying. But she was just so whiny about it. Yeah, I know. I was just like, oh, I have no interest in yeah. you. Like, it was fine the first time round, but... The more I watched that not episode, not saying I'm just like, oh. I wanted her to die, <laughs> but if she had died, yeah. I would have been like, meh. Yeah, I felt like they could have done her a lot better. Yeah, though. I feel like this was good character building. Mm-hmm. Learned a little bit more backstory about Mulder. Yeah. Although I feel like this boy's done a lot in the last, like, he can't have been with the FBI that long. Yeah, I don't. How long? Right, hold on. Like, what, what's the timeline from, like, leaving high school? We, how long is he supposed to be? He's supposed to be a year younger than what David actually is, right? Yes. So this is 1993. Yes. 1960. 
33, so he's only supposed to be 32. Yeah, that feels quite young. He ha- would have to be... We went to Oxford, so... Nah, he would have went there when he was yeah. 18, probably, then, because, like, our university yeah. works. Because in America, like, you do your four years bachelor, and then you go to do, like, a master's or whatever. Yeah. Different here. Mm-hmm. So he might have only been at uni for, like, three years. Say three years. Yeah. That's still 21. Then you have to go for the academy. Surely it takes a wee while to get for the FBI. I think so, yeah. You're actually supposed to be able to have to be a normal police officer before you can join well, the FBI. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. How, you can join the police pretty quickly here. Don't know mm-hmm. about in America. Mm-hmm. But still, let's say, let's give him five years to do all this. Yeah. Then he's 26. Mm-hmm. So then he's had all his time to be... So, and say he's between 26. Is that what I said? Yeah. And 32... So he's got six years to have started in the FBI. So since I'm just starting, yeah. he's had to have done all this profiling to make him like a big... Everyone knows who he is. Yes. He's a great profiler. Yeah. He's worked with Jerry. Mm-hmm. He's then discovered the X-Files with she who shall not be named on yes. this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Potentially got married. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're not getting into that this late hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's left. Mm-hmm. And then what else has he done? There's like so many things when things come yeah. up like in the series of his backstory, and I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, apparently. The there's there's other it. cases that come up. Uh-huh. That guy that he sent away, who was the guy he sent away? That comes up again. Young oh. at heart. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, yep. that did. Yeah, there's other things from like from previous cases, yeah, aren't there? There was. Oh no, wait, no. Young at heart. That was the one where. The guy, he's got the weird eyes, and he's got like a little salamander hand. Take my strong hand! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because that's the one where it's got like the old CCTV or whatever of them doing like the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. But yeah, there's been a few. But maybe he's like such a genius, he got like fast track through uni or something, I reckon. Was that something that would happen? I don't know. Also, while we're talking about this, because this mm-hmm. made me think again, you used to always think, like when we got to like season 10, season 11, I thought, how is Mulder surviving? Because <laughs> yeah. apparently he's not been working all these years. Especially, it's the same way I want to believe. Like, Scott, yeah. like I'm like, oh, Scotty's the only one hanging. And then I've seen yeah. people on Twitter as well being like, oh, Scotty's on all the money. Like, he's mm-hmm. like leeching off a horse or thing. And then it was like, ages ago, like at three in the morning. And I was going to text her, I was like, it's three in the morning. I'm not going to this. <laughs> but what's never brought up is so Mulder's parents had enough money to send him to Oxford for school. Mm-hmm. His dad worked for the government. He had that big house. They had yeah. the summer house, which is really nice, mm-hmm. in Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Sister taken by aliens. Sole beneficiary. Yeah. Both his parents died. They were quite wealthy by the looks of it. Yeah, he must have come into a lot but of money. He must have come into a lot of money. Why are you still living in that shitty apartment yeah. in the original series? I don't know. But True. technically, he should actually have a lot of money to... He should. To yeah. live off of all that time. Yeah. And I worked out at like three in the morning. And I was like... <laughs> and then I forgot to tell you about it. <laughs> it was like the next day. Yeah. But it's never explained. That's true. But then Chris Carter's not very known no. for his continuity. No, not at all. So, he probably not even put any thought to yeah. how Mulder's surviving all these years. It really annoys me still, never getting right off the tangents. <laughs> but it really annoys me how in season 10, what's the fucking creep called? I just don't like him because he played a creepy person in What's Your Number? I don't remember what the actor's name is, but the guy that plays Tad O'Malley, he's got oh, his own show. Did, I'm like, yeah. if you were going to, like, when they brought back Mulder and Scully, but when they brought him back, if anyone's going to have an internet show about conspiracies, why him. didn't they make it him? Yeah. Or yeah. even books or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what they should have And instead done. they were just like, oh no, he's living alone in this big house, so I've got money, somehow got money yeah. to survive. Yeah. But we're not going to explain how. That's very true. <laughs> very true. And he's it all over the joint. Yeah. <laughs> But that Joel Joel McHale, that's because yeah, he's in community as well. Yeah, is he kind of, I don't know if this is the connection, but you know how there's I don't know what is going on in America, but there's like that dude that was just like in full wars or something, like yelling on the wondering. I don't know. It's like he got arrested or something, and he's yeah. like 
apparently he's not a good person or something. I don't know. Oh. I don't know what's going on with it. But that's like what it kind of reminded me of. So I don't know if it was maybe like an extreme kind yeah. of... It's just some guy shouting out the wind sort of yeah. like a parallel, yeah. Yeah. But that's what it reminds me of. Like, I don't know if that's what they were trying to do with it. But I have no idea. I don't even know his name. I just know it's some info something. In, in my head, Cannon. Well, <laughs> my head, Cannon, mm-hmm. is that after season 11, Scully becomes a director at the FBI. Because mm-hmm. she's got to get to that top job like Mulder yeah. said she would in the first yeah. season. Yeah, she has to. Yeah, and Mulder will then be like writing his own books about conspiracies. Like that. I feel like that's he what would. he'll be doing for a living. Yeah, because she technically got him fired in the eleventh season because she said that it was him that gave, like, let yeah. them believe it was him that gave the information mm-hmm. to Tad O'Malley when it was actually her. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't be allowed to still be yeah. at the FBI. He also killed a lot of people. In the yeah. Last yeah. Episode. yeah, I feel like at that point as well, the that's FBI are like, gonna. just get out, yeah. <laughs> just leave, close the door on your way out, please. Also, in my head, Canon, Skinner is alive. Yeah. But in a wheelchair. Okay. And um, Mulder calls him Professor X. And <laughs> Scully is not impressed. <laughs> I love that. That is the best thing ever. Also in my headcanon, I think about a lot. As you should. And this is all just because of some fan event when they were like, what gender do you think the kid is? All right, okay. And David was like, why can't they have twins? And I was yeah. like, this is brilliant. I was like, so they've got a boy and a girl. Yeah. Boy's called Sam after Samantha. Girl's yeah. called Millie, short for Melissa after her yes, sister. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's as far as my headcanon's got so yeah. far. They're all good points. They're all very good points. And I, I yeah, I we're, accept we're these all, things, guys. <laughs> we're all off topic. Now we need to do a tweet. While you were looking it up, I was thinking about this the other day because it was, came up on Twitter. It was like talking about like X-Files fanfic and things. I was like, I've not read them in years. But I remember there was one where like, it was it was weird like stuff, but it was so good. It was so well done. But they ended up having like eleven kids, and it went through like the whole. <laughs> they went through like the whole series. So basically, so they have a kid each season. <laughs> Pretty much. And this was like way back in, it would have been 2013, probably, that I read it. But basically, Scully died in the, like, the first chapter. So Mulder somehow got put back in time. I was like, I'm not reading too much into it. Like, this yeah. is great, I love it. And then, so basically, it goes through the whole, from the start, from like before he meets Scully and she joins the X-Files. But he still knows what he knows, like, all these oh. the whole series. And then they end up having like 11 kids and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it is so cute. And oh, I need to get the because now I want to go back and read it again. Because it just, I think it was the X-Files fanfic exchange that came up on the Emma, timeline. Have you ever wrote X-Files? I don't know. No. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me you were like I'm on the cover writer. I wish I did way back in the day. But I think I was always like, I don't think I'll be any good at it. I was like, I don't want to ruin them. But Oh, it was the best thing ever, and I'm the Family G Man by Neo X File and the Family G Man is amazing. <laughs> I wish I could read it, but no, my aversion to that book. Not that I'm dissing anyone. I'm sure it's brilliantly written. Just can't. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It is. I guess how long it is? Unless how long is it, Emma? It is seven hundred and seventy-four thousand words and has one hundred and twenty-nine chapters. <laughs> And it's complete as well. I'll go back to read this. Holy I'm going to start fuck. reading it tonight. If it anyone, if anyone writes fanfic and wants to give us permission <laughs> oh for God. Emma to read out yeah. excerpts yes. from your fanfic, please. just to make me uncomfortable, <laughs> I feel like this could be funny. Then please, not that I'd make fun of your fanfic. Again, I don't think fanfic's bad. I just have this weird thing about it. <laughs> It makes me uncomfortable, but that could maybe turn out to be really hilarious if people would give permission. So you'd have to own the fanfic. You couldn't suggest someone else's. But yeah, we could think of a fun name for that if anyone's willing to do it. So, tweets from the peeps. We have got... I've not made made a name for it, so I'm just... (laughs) So we put out out two tweets, actually. 
I did it too early in the evening. I need to get my time zones okay. right. Get my time zones right. It's a good thing you put out another one so it gets noticed. I, I always forget like, we're so much further ahead. Yeah, than... I hadn't realised you'd done it until I think this morning. I was like, well, I'll keep them both together. Yeah. So the X Files Chatroom podcast says we're dreading pulling this episode. So on the, have you listened to the X Files Chatroom podcast? No, you don't really Not listen either. to podcasts, no, do you? For yeah. someone that has a podcast, yeah, I, don't really do it, no. I love podcasts. So. They have their own podcast, but what they're doing, which is quite fun, is they're, instead of like going in any particular order or doing like oh, any okay. sort of theme, they're just pulling episodes from I a hat. I love that. Oh, that's I don't actually think it's hot hat. I think it's like a little Tupperware box right. or something. <laughs> I love that. But, so yes, yeah, so they're, they're dreading pulling this, which I kind of get, but also, like I said, mm-hmm. like I love it more the, the more I watch it, the more yeah. I like it. Oh, you're going to crack open another bottle of red? Oh, I've got another and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy G said, as with a lot of season one episodes, I enjoy the episode for the character building more than the case. Can you imagine Mulder being stuck with a partner like Jerry? No. No. That's me saying no, not Kathy. And I love seeing Mulder and Scully respond to him. Which is true. Like, even when he first shows up, they're like the little exchanges they make in that. Yeah. Camaraderie. 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 Yeah. Yeah, That interview. And Scully climbing for the duct to save the day. Adorable. She's also added a gif of Mulder putting his hands on his hips. Do not mean not. She knows her audience. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. And then X Files in a loop. AK at 10 feet off says it almost seems oh sorry it's, it's at Catherine Glynn's too in case you want to follow I'm sure if you're interested in the X-Files you're already following mm-hmm. Catherine so at 10 feet off says it almost seems like Mulder has a blind spot for ex-partners and Scully doesn't like it you know like with the ominous women season 6 and 7 dot 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 <laughs> winky face yes the women yeah. who shall not be named yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Bandy who's revealed herself to have questionable taste and then and <laughs> <laughs> uh, from my tweet alright uh, I could see it. it like, if you never spoke a word. I mean, like, spoke I, word. It, no, it's not for me, but I could see it. I can see where they come from. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so bad. I am so sorry, Bethy. Oh uh, dear. You do you. You do you. She says, This is one of those weird Fs where you see Mulder interact with a man who is not A, trying to kill him, B, mm-hmm. related to him, mm-hmm. or C, mad at him, or D, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist with a newspaper and bad hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's so odd to see him have a cordial relationship with a male colleague. Like at Catherine Glynn's too said, the character building is interesting. As in, you can see they don't 100% know them yet, which I think is sort of fun. Like looking behind the curtain, alien emoji. And then she adds, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's a cordial at first like relationship. And then she says, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I feel like I remember thinking how strange it was to see kind of a basic work relationship at the beginning of the end. What? No, this... <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, let me try this one again. Okay. So I think I'm remembering remembering it's cordial at first, at least, right? It's been a while since I've watched the set, but I feel like I remember thinking how strange it was to see kind of a basic work relationship at the beginning of the ep. Yeah. So they are kind of cordial. Yeah. And even though like he kind of fucks him over, he doesn't mm-hmm. apologize. Like they never get like properly mad at him. Like oh, Mulder yeah. doesn't, because Mulder just gets sulky. Yeah, He's, like- he would be like he would be like the woman in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, sex is the only one gender here. But he like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's yeah. not. But then you could also argue is he just saying that because he doesn't disrupt like the one good relationship with a colleague. Well, not, maybe, one, not one good, maybe, but yeah, yeah. one of the one the, the few good relationships he has with a colleague. Yeah. At, uh-huh. At Heart Eyes for David it says, I actually like this episode a lot and the at- interactions between Mulder and Scully are some of my favourites. Scully crawling in the duct to save the day is great. Yeah. yeah. And then... At Skeptic Skulls, love that, yeah, um, says, I'm so unhinged, the only thing I can think of, think about <laughs> from this episode is this behind the scenes Jillian and David did. 
I had it's obviously the blooper in the elevator where yep. she <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we've got a little conversation going on here so yeah. then at Heart Eyes for David said I always wondered why he zips up his pants <laughs> we will never know and then at Catherine Glenn's too said he's just faking it like she was they're great actors I think it went even farther than that my god yeah because then Katie is this the one that used to follow yeah Katie underscore Katie underscore Katie yeah. No, no, that was someone else. No, I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Says, and it definitely looks like it looks real, not like he's fake zipping on it. Unless he's that good of a zipper actor. He is faking it. Surely his pants aren't undone. Anyway, so at Green Elf Oz said, second best ever height difference shot when they take when they make Scully take her shoes. Yeah. Uh, take off her shoes. And are here after the fucked in the duck so yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Don't forget to discuss the bloopers. Winky face. I'm trying to think for this episode what rounds of blowjobs for my title. <laughs> <laughs> mm, see, I don't know. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I always wait till like we've recorded it just to see if I can relate it to like something we've said. Yeah. Maybe then going down. <laughs> <laughs> it was mentally in the background. Ah. Anyway, anyway. Right, thanks, Miles. <laughs> so next time we've got ice. We got ice. Ice. So ice. Like it's one baby. of my favourites from gold. season one. Gold. It's one of my all-time favourites. Mm-hmm. I remember texting you when I got to it. I was like, this episode's awesome already. And yeah. you're like, oh, Ice, that's a really yeah, good one. And I was like, so hyped to watch it. It really just wants, makes me want to be stuck somewhere in a snowstorm. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird. Like, if you saw the episode, you'd be like, what? Yeah, no, anyway. <laughs> uh, But that's the vibe it's it gives good. me. Yeah. That's good vibes. Yeah. That's going to be a really fun episode to mm-hmm. discuss. Mm-hmm. Lots of good moments in that episode, too. Yeah. There's lots of good ones in this well. So watch out for our tweet so you can get your own yes. thoughts on that. Read out. Thank you to everyone who got involved. Mm-hmm. And Thank we'll you. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.